All right, so we're in Philippians in chapter 4, verses 4 through 6. Let's pray. Yeshua, our Lord and God, our King, in whom the fullness of the Godhead is in bodily form. You said you the, you shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Prince of Peace, Mighty God, Everlasting Father. One God, Lord of heaven, we praise you and we thank you. And we give you glory and honor right now in your holy name, Yeshua. Have mercy on us, forgive us, cleanse us, Father, of all of our wrong, every thought, that we had every word, every behavior, Father, that was displeasing in your sight. Please wash us clean of it, Lord. May we genuinely repent and experience sorrow, Father, so we'll never do that sin again. That's what we need, Lord. We need sorrow in order to repent. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your goodness and your kindness towards us. Help us to live our life that is exclusively devoted to doing your will, and your will only, and to leaving a legacy behind for the glory of your name. Help us, Father, to walk in the truth, to be led by your Spirit, to be in total submission to you. Have your way in us, Father, as we study your word this morning. In Yeshua's name, amen. So we've been in Philippians in chapter 4 and verse 4 through 6. Um, here he says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about any uh, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Okay, so when we're anxious, that means that we're worried about something, right? We're worried about something going a particular way. It's like we're worried about a particular outcome. So it's like, in other words, is it going to go the way that I want it to go or is it going to go another way? And sometimes an anxiety comes when we're trying to control the situation. But I just want to come and I just want to talk today just a little bit about how we can not be anxious and learn how to let go and put our trust in God and stop trying to be God by controlling the situation. Because, you know, we're not in control. Who's in control? God is in control. He is the one who rules everything. And so because he rules everything... What do we need to do? We need to put our trust in him and entrust ourselves to him because he is the God. He is Lord over all things. And the Bible says in in Daniel repeatedly, heaven rules. Heaven rules in the kingdom of men. Heaven rules in the affairs of men. It is your father. The father knows what you need. Matthew chapter 6. And so we want to look at um, some of that, how to make anxiety disappear. So we're going to look first. In Matthew in chapter 14 in verse 28 Matthew chapter 14 verse 28 because anxiety is sin worrying about something it is a sin because what, it, what we're really saying is that Lord I don't trust you I don't trust you to take care of me I don't trust you to provide for me which is sin and so because the Lord will take care of us let's look at the example of uh, Yeshua walking on water in uh, Matthew 14, we'll start at verse 22. He says, Immediately the disciples get into a boat and go before him to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. And when evening came, he was there alone. But the boat by this time was a long way from the land, beaten by the waves, for the wind was against them. And in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, It is a ghost! And they cried out in fear. 
But immediately Yeshua spoke to them saying, take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. And this is the part I want you to look at here. He says, and Peter answered him, Lord, verse 28, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. Verse 29, he said, come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Yeshua. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Yeshua immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him, saying to him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. And then those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. So part of how anxiety goes away is when we're in the will of God. When we're in the will of God, we can be confident. You see, the will of God is the command of God. When God gives gives us a command and he says, you do this, do that, go to, go to this school, go to that school. I want you to go on this mission trip. Well, don't go on that trip. I want you to give to this person. Don't give to that person. I want you to work this kind of job, go in this kind of profession, live in this kind of home. Whatever he tells us to do, there is confidence because his command is going to succeed. The will of God is the only thing that will succeed. That's why I always tell you, do not live your life for yourself. Live your life for the will of God, because that is the only thing he blesses. God does not bless anything outside of what he wants. He only blesses his will. That's it. Nothing else. Always live your life in the will of God and you will succeed. He says, and so this is what he said. He says he gave them the command. He says, oh, you of little faith. Why did you doubt? What doubt what? Why did you doubt the power of the commandment? Why didn't you believe? Why didn't you believe the power of the commandment? Doubt is is uh, unbelief. You didn't believe. You see, so he's asking him, why didn't you believe in the power of the commandment? Why don't you believe me that if my that if I give you a commandment, it is sufficient to take care of you. As you as he saw when he started walking on the water. When he started when Yeshua told him, "Come," He was able by that command, by that command to start walking towards him on the water. And he's saying, I made provision for you through that command to come to me. So why is it that you doubted? You were walking on the water. Why did you doubt? Because the power of the command, the command is enough to see to it that God's will is being done. God, there's power in the command. So when I when we obey the command, God's power is right there to take care of our needs, to help give us what we need. And so this is why it says so anxiety disappears when we're in the will of God. When we're anxious, it means that we can't be walking where the Lord is walking because the Bible says in his presence is fullness of joy. You can't be you can't be anxious and fearful and worried in the presence of God. It's not possible. Unless you're trying to, unless you're following a plan that's not the Lord's plan, that's when there's anxiety. It's like David said, he says, you hid your face and I was afraid. Well, when you're not in the face of God, when you're not in the presence of God, anxiety happens because you're going in a different direction than God. That's where anxiety is coming from. Anxiety always comes from me trying to do something different than what God wants me to do. That's where anxiety comes from. Uh, Secondly... 
anxiety, and this is why you always hear me say, "Let's we got to give stuff away and bless other people. Give stuff away, bless other people, give stuff away. Open up your hand and give. The liberal soul shall be made fat. He that watereth others shall himself be watered. Bless others, bless others, bless others, and give and do good. Because another way, another thing that causes anxiety is hoarding. When you and I are so busy trying to hold on to stuff, it creates anxiety because we're worried about holding on to that stuff. Oh, I don't get to keep this. Oh, I don't get to keep that. What about this? What about that? Oh, no, I won't get to have my things. And how will I keep it? I've got it. You're, you're thinking about your money and how your money has got to pay for this or that bill and how you might not be able to hold on to the things. So this is what we're saying. Anxiety also comes from it, uh, when we're trying to hoard, when we're trying to hold on to things, hold us, our, our, uh, keep our houses full of stuff that we have to pay for and maintain and financial resources have to go to that. And if financial resources have to go to that, then it means it's not going to other things that are, ne- are, that are necessary. And we're worried about our ability to hold on to it. So this is another thing about being um, anxious is um, another source of anxiety is hoarding. We're going to look at, uh, instead of looking at Luke, we're going to look at Matthew chapter 6. He says... In Matthew, in chapter 6, starting at verse 19, he says, do not, lay up tre- do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. You see, that's a source of anxiety. It's, am I going to be able to keep it? Am I going to be able to hold on to it? And even Ecclesiastes says, it's, you're not, you, you, you heap up goods only to look at them. You know, you're not even you can't even use it all. You can't even do it, do anything with it all. You got people with whole garages full of stuff they haven't touched in years, years. They haven't touched it. Stuff in their closet they haven't worn all year. Shoes they haven't put on clothes they haven't put on. But they're just steadily packing more in, packing more in because it's that spirit. It's hoarding. And he says, do not. But Lord speaks against that. He says, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. He says, instead, what? Lay up your treasure in heaven. In heaven. In heaven. Store up treasures in heaven. And how do I do that? By good works. By doing the things that please God. By doing the things that God tells me to do. That's how I store up treasures in heaven. And the Bible even tells us, the Bible tells us that it's our deeds that is the only thing that's going to uh, that's going to follow us in the end. There's a uh, there's a verse I want to look at. In uh, he says it's in Revelation. He says in Revelation. Revelation fourteen and thirteen. Revelation, uh, Revelation 14 and 13. Uh, and we're going to look at also real quick. Second Timothy. Revelation, okay, so we'll look at Revelation um, 
14, 13. And then we're going to look at 2 Timothy. So Revelation 14 and 13. Thir- yeah, Revelation 14, 13. He says, and I heard a voice from heaven saying, write this, blessed are those who die, in, who die in the Lord from now on. Blessed indeed, says the spirit, that they may rest from their labors for their deeds follow them. You see, our deeds follow us. That's the only thing that's going to come with us in the end uh, is our behavior, what we've done. He says, what we have done in this life is the only thing that's going to heaven with us, our soul and our, our deeds, what we did in the world. Did we do evil? Did we do good? Were we in the will of God? Were we not in the will of God? That's the only thing that's going to go with us. Everything else is not going with us. And he tells us in First Timothy chapter 6 and verse 17, he says, as for the rich in this present age, charge them not to be haughty. See, that's us today in the West. We are rich compared to the rest of the world. He says, as for the rich, that's directly talking to us in this present age, charge them not to be haughty or arrogant, nor to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches. You see, that's where anxiety comes from, the uncertainty of riches. Riches are here today. They're gone tomorrow. You have a thing today. It's stolen or rusted or broken tomorrow. He says, nor to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but on God who virtually provides us with everything to enjoy. He says they are to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share, thus storing up treasure for themselves as a good foundation for the future or the age to come so that they may take hold of that which is truly life. You see, anxiety comes when you are grasping for the shadow instead of the substance. When you and I are not taking hold of the life that is truly life, when we're not seeking first the kingdom of God, that's the life that's the true life right there. Seeking first the kingdom of God, the, the, the life of the spirit, closeness to God. Yeshua teaches us, he says, and this is eternal life, John 14, that they may know you, the only true God, and Yeshua HaMashiach, whom you have sent. Yahweh, our God, is the true life. He is the true life. Our God, knowing him, being close to him, and blessing our brothers and sisters because God does not need our money. He does not need our clothes. He doesn't need our shoes. He doesn't need our stuff. He doesn't need any of that. But our brothers and sisters do. And the Bible says that when I, when I do good to them, the Bible says I am showing love to his name. When I do good to my brothers and sisters... I am showing love to his name. Um, and that's in, uh, that's in uh, Hebrews. He will not forget your good works, which you've shown, uh, which you have done. And uh, 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 what is that? I'm going to have to find that verse. But anyway, he says, he says uh, we have shown love to his name when we do good works to our brothers and sisters. So he says, do not, be, do not lay up treasures, Matthew chapter 6 and verse 19. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal. He says, but lay up for yourselves treasures where? In heaven. He says, where neither moth nor rust destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. He says, what? For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. If you and I, if our focus is in this world, if the thing that we value the most is earthly things, 
then that's where our heart is going to be set on. Our heart is going to be set on accumulating earthly things which will perish. First John 2, 15 through 16 tells that the world and his desires pass away, but the man who does the will of God lives forever. If our desire is earthly things and the accumulation of earthly things, getting, 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 getting more, more, more toys, more clothes, more shoes, more of this, more entertainment, more, more, more for myself. If that's where my, if that's what I want, then that's where my heart is going to be. And guess what? If my heart is there, then my heart is not up there on God. And on doing the thing that pleases God. And everything I'm going to have, everything I get, I'm going to end up losing it anyway. So he says in verse 25, skipping to verse 25. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not more, va more, more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to, the, to his span of life? And that's another fear, death, anxiety. We are anxiety, anxious about dying um, when the Lord God of heaven has our lives in his hand. And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field and how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven... Will he not much more clothe you, <coughs> you, <coughs> O you of little faith? Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. So everything that we need, God will give it to us when we seek his kingdom first. And the kingdom of God in Romans tells us it's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. That is the kingdom of God. And we are to seek that first. And when we seek that first, when we look for that, when we want that, when we say, Lord, give me that. Give me your righteousness. Give me your holiness. Give me your purity. I want to be like you. Then what happens? Then all these other material things that I need, he will be what? Given to me. God will give them to me. He says, therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is the trouble, is its own trouble. <clears throat> so we need to, first and foremost, trust anxiety comes when we're uh, going in a different direction than God. Anxiety comes when we are trying to accumulate things. But the way to beat that, uh, that anxiety is to, first and foremost, trust the command. Stay in the commandment of God. Follow the Lord, submit yourself to the Lord entirely, only live your life for his will. And second, stop hoarding. Be a, be a generous giver, be a liberal giver, meaning open up your hand wide and give everything you don't need to your poor brothers and sisters. Sacrifice finances that you would have spent on yourself for this restaurant or this shoes or this whatever for yourself. Sacrifice and give that to your brothers and sisters. And then lastly, Anxiety disappears when we stop seeking the praise of other people. When we stop worrying about what other people think about us, that's when anxiety stops. We live in a world today where everybody is always worried about um, what other people think about them. But the Lord gives us a warning in 
verse, uh, and uh, we're going to look at John 12, 42 through 43, and then we're going to look at, well, we're, well first we're going to look at Galatians in chapter 1, Galatians chapter 1. Galatians chapter 1. All right. Um, hold on one second. All right, Galatians... Looking for the verse that says, if I'm trying to please men, I would not be a servant of Christ. Galatians chapter, yeah, I'm right. Galatians chapter one. Galatians chapter one, verse 10. I'm right. Okay, here we go. Galatians chapter 1, verse 10. He says, I'll start at verse 8. He says, but even if we are an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preach to you, let him be accursed. As we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone preaching to you a gospel contrary to what you received, let him be accursed. Verse 10, for am I now seeking the approval of man or of God? Or am I, or am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. Anxiety comes when we're worried about making people like us and making people want to be around us, making people want to be with us. That's where anxiety comes from. When we want people to like us and be afraid, what do they think about me? Do they like me? Do they want to be my friend? Do they want to play with me? Do they want to be with me? Do they want to go with me somewhere? That's Do they? Exactly. Do they want to be with me? Do they want to hang out with me? Oh, they don't like me. Do they like me? Blah, 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 blah. But the bottom line is what Yeshua is teaching us here is that if I were still trying to do that, if I live my life worrying about what other people think and worried about whether people like me and don't like me, I can't serve the Lord. Paul makes that point there plain. I cannot serve the Lord. If I'm worried about what other people think about me and my actions and the decisions I make for God, because God tells me to do a particular thing, and I'm worried about being misunderstood. Oh, they might not, they might not agree with me, and they might attack me or you know, verbally abuse me, whatever. They might not want me to hang out with them anymore. If I'm worried about that, I can't serve the Lord. You're not a servant of Christ. You cannot be a servant of Christ. See, the true servant of Christ doesn't care what anybody thinks about them except God. God is the only one they care about their opinion. He's the only one who, who, whose opinion they care about. Because people are going to look after their own interests. People who are in the will of God and who want to live, they're, they're going to gravitate towards you. They're going to want to be your friends and be around you because they're going in the same direction as you. And the Bible says, how can two walk together unless they agree? So people who are not trying to go in the same direction as you in the will of God, they're of course going to go in a different direction. Of course, they're not going to want to hang out with you. Of course, they're not going to want to be with you because you're going in a different direction than they are. You're going towards the Lord and they're not. So if you're trying to serve God, you cannot be a pleaser of men because men are not going to like you for doing that. 
You see, people are not going to want to be around people who don't want to serve the Lord are not going to want to be around somebody who wants to serve the Lord. How can two walk together unless they agree? And Paul says, for am I now seeking the approval of man or of God? Or am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. Why? Because I'm so anxious about what other people think. And oh, they won't like me if I go on, if I say no to going to watch this filthy movie or going to watch movie or if I go to listen to this music. Oh, if I say I can't be a part of this, I can't go to the club with you. If I can't party with you, I can't be around you. You sit up here cussing and talking inappropriately about women. Oh, I can't be with you. You sit up here smoking and drinking. No, I can't be your friend. Oh, but they might get upset with me. Because I'm saying, no, I'm taking a stand for the Lord. Or no, I can't sleep with you no more. We're done having sex because the Lord, I've come into the knowledge of the truth now. I've repented of that. I can't live like that no more. Oh, but but God ain't, it don't take all that. And, you know, God will understand and be forgiven. No, no, no. When you separate yourself to God, your life changes completely. And there's things that you simply cannot do any longer. And that's a source, that's a huge source of anxiety for people is whether somebody likes me or not. That's why I always tell. That's why I always say, if people don't want to go with you, you go alone. If people don't want to be with you, you be alone because it'll be you and God. Remember that. It'll be you and God. So he says, anxiety comes from seeking the approval of, of seeking the praise and approval of men. The Bible gives us an example of this in... Um, John chapter 12 and verse 42 through 43. He says, uh, when they would not believe in Yeshua, he says in verse 41, Isaiah, I mean, uh, John 12, 41, Isaiah said these things because he saw his glory and spoke of him. Nevertheless, many, even of the authorities believed in him, but for fear of the Pharisees, they did not confess it so that they would not be put out of the synagogue, for they love the glory or praise that comes from man more than the glory that comes from God. And so what happens? When I love the praise of men, I'm not going to talk about Yeshua in public. When, I'm, when I love the praise of men, I'm going to be afraid to, to talk about Yeshua in public. Oh, I don't want them to reject me because there's nothing that stirs up demons and anger and, 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 uh, and angst among people than when you start talking about Yeshua publicly. When you start talking about him, people start getting squeamish and itchy and scratchy, start sweating and this and that, and, 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 and start manifesting. Why? Because that's the name above all names. That's the name that saves. But when you love the praises of men, you're not going to talk about Yeshua. You're going to be measured. Oh, you know, we can we can stay away from uh, talks about religion. We can talk about sports. We can talk about everything, except for we can't talk about Yeshua. So anxiety comes when we're worried about what people think. But our dear brother, the Apostle Paul, already told us, if I'm seeking the praise of men, I cannot be a servant of Christ. I can't be. You have to choose a side. Either you're going to follow the Lord or you're going to follow the crowd. Either you're going to follow the Lord or you're going to follow the world. Either you're going to seek the praise of of God or you're going to seek the praise of the world. You can't have it both ways. This is why we've got to do right no matter what. No matter what. No matter what. Because ultimately our soul and our salvation is in the hands of God. So we want to please who? Him. 
We want to please who? Him. We want to please him. We want to do the will of God with our life, no matter what other people think. And because God will be with us. And you know what? Just like Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, God will give you friends and people to stand with you. As you take a stand, God will cause other people to stand with you. When you say, no, I'm not doing this because I'm serving the Lord. I can't be a part of this fraternity and sorority anymore. I can't be a Freemason no more. I can't be an elk or a Shriner. I can't be in these secret societies anymore. I can't be in any of this, go to the club. I can't be a part of this crowd. I got to leave this gang. I got to get on all this stuff. I have to separate myself completely from all that. All of that stuff I've got to come out from. If it means I lose everything, fine, because I gain everything in knowing the Lord. So that's what we have to do. We have to separate ourselves from the world to God. And then what's going to happen? I'm going to close with this verse here, 2 Corinthians in chapter 6. It's actually one of the verses that actually changed my entire life. 2 Corinthians in chapter 6. Verse 14 through 18, do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers for what partnership has righteousness with lawlessness or what fellowship has light with darkness? What accord has Christ with Belial or what portion does a believer share with an unbeliever? What agreement has the temple of God with idols for we are the temple? We are the temple of God. We are the temple of the living God, as God has said, as God said, I will make my dwelling among them and walk among them. So what does God want to do? I want to make my dwelling among you. I want to live among you. I want to be with you. I want to be your all in all. He says, he says, I will make my dwelling among them and walk among them and I will be their God. That means they're all in all. They're everything. And they shall be my people. Therefore, go out from their midst. Go out. Go out from them. Go out from the heathen. Go out from the people who don't want me. Go out from the things that make me angry. Go out from the antichrist, unchrist-like things. Go out from that. Go out from their midst and be separate from them. Separate from them. You see all this heathen lies about, oh, you can't reach him if, if you're not like him and all this other kind of food. That's, that's a lie of the devil. You can't do nothing for somebody like them, being like them. What can you offer them? Nothing. You have to be different. It's like a doctor. I can't help a, sick, a patient if I'm on their level. You see, it doesn't work like that. He says, therefore, go out from their midst and be separate from there, says the, separate from them, says the Lord, and touch no unclean thing. So as I'm separating, I'm not looking back to touch what I, what I left behind. I'm leaving it behind and I'm not going back to it. Touch no unclean thing. Then I will welcome you and I will be a father to you and you shall be my sons and daughters. You shall be sons and daughters to me, says the Lord Almighty. You see, this is how we become sons and daughters of God, not by going into the world, but going away from the world to God. And this is what I'm telling you. Separate yourself from the world to God. Make it your business to belong to God, to go to the Lord, to follow the Lord, to seek the Lord, to pursue the Lord, the Lord, the Lord, the Lord, the Lord, the Lord first. Come out from among them, the movies, the music, the television the worldly places, the people, places, and things that separate you from God, that are full of uh, demonic influences that corrupt your mind and turn your feelings and affections away from God. Come out from that. 
Get away from that. Stop praying for God to enter. Stop praying for God to do something for you. Oh, Lord, you're not close to me. Oh, I don't feel you near me. Oh, I don't feel like my prayers are being answered. It's because you don't belong to him. It's because you haven't separated yourself to him. That's why your prayers aren't getting answered. That's why things aren't working out. That's why you don't feel God close to you. Because you're worldly. You got world all all around you. You got world in you. You haven't separated yourself to God. And so if I don't separate myself to the Lord, then what's going to happen? He is not going to be there. He is not going to be in my presence. The Lord and evil are not going to... That's right. The Lord is not going to tolerate wickedness. It is not going to tolerate you trying to serve him and serve the world. The Bible says you that a double-minded man is unstable in all he does. That man should not think he will receive anything from the Lord. That's James chapter 1. So we must separate ourselves from the world to become sons and daughters from God. And that, and when we do those things, when we trust in the command, when we stop hoarding and being greedy, and when we stop worrying about what other people think, and we separate ourselves from the world, anxiety will disappear. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your word. Help us to separate ourselves from the world entirely to you. We love you and we praise you and we thank you, Lord. Give us grace to get victory over anxiety. It's a work in progress, Father. We're working at it. May day by day, may we apply these principles, Father. We love you and praise you in your holy name, Yeshua. Amen.